This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. If you want to catch trout, you need to know the truth about trout lies. Now, I'm not talking about your buddy's story about catching an 18-inch rainbow that was only 13 inches long at best. No, I'm referring to the places where trout lie, as in hang out and spend their time. Gary Borger is the expert on this, and in his book Reading Waters, he defines a lie as the place that the fish holds in the current. And this is a skill that fly fishers need to master. Right, Dave? Absolutely. You can make a perfect cast and have the right pattern, but if you're casting to the wrong place in the river, uh, you're not going to catch fish. I was thinking about this recently when we fished Willow Creek last year with our friend Dave, and he talked about casting in the pocket water right behind a rock. Mm -hmm. And so I know this stuff, right? I fished for all these years, but again, you're on the river you're not catching fish, you go, oh yeah, you start to identify those places where they actually sit and hang out, and one of them was this pocket water right behind a rock. A couple tosses of a big woolly bugger, immediately after we had the conversation, I caught yeah. like two fish immediately. I mean, wow. it's two casts, two fish. <laughs> so you're absolutely right. You can have the right fly, you can have the right pattern, you can cast well, but if you're not casting the right places and allowing that uh, either fly or streamer to drift or to to come through the water in the right area, you're not going to catch fish. Well, then let's talk about trout lies. And what we're passing on is what we've learned from our friend Gary Borger, uh, both in our conversations with him, but also in his book, Reading Waters. Uh, Gary identifies three basic categories of lies. Fly fishers who understand these will know where to look to find trout. The first is what's called the sheltering lie. And trout need protection from predators, obviously. What are we talking about when we're thinking about predators? Well, <laughs> since trout eat their young. Yeah, uh, yeah, from it, other trout. From yeah, other trout. Right. That's certainly true. Certainly if you're birds. in the West, birds, yeah. bears, yeah. Uh, anything that feeds on them. Yeah, yeah those would probably be the big categories. I don't know. Birds and and yeah. animals and anything that would be able to grab them out of the yeah. water. Yeah, right. So um, so this might be a place under the bank, under a rock, under a log, under deep water, or under vegetation, which is pretty much the worst place they can be because you can't <laughs> yeah. cast anything there. But, it, again, they're sheltering lies. So typically fish do not eat when they're in these places, according to Borger. And he says that they zip their mouths shut and hunker down until they feel it is safe to go out again. There's a log jam on the Yellowstone River below Tower Fall that I always like to stop. And, and uh, you know, often they'll, they'll hang out at the edge of that. And I've caught some nice trout out there. But I know that there are places under that log jam where they're... Yeah, where they're just hunkered down. There is no way yeah, in the world... There's some monsters that, underneath yeah, that, that place, could, you too. Get, uh, at them. So, yeah, you, you can you can perhaps lure a trout out of these shelters if if you can get close enough. If they see a large streamer or uh, the shadow of a big hopper pattern, that happened recently to us in Canfield Creek. That one night when we, uh, I think I was 
pulling a streamer, stripping a streamer along that, uh, oh, that old, uh, oh, there was uh, kind of that bridge that had, had uh, uh, what? It was an old bridge that had been pushed to the yeah, side. but there was some riprap and some, kind of a really deep uh, section along that. And uh, I remember uh, pulling that streamer, boom, just got this horrific strike and, Eventually, though, it got me tangled up in, in yeah, that I brush, that. and so that's, yeah, that's definitely a, a sheltering lie. So I guess I've always, when I've seen like the places where you caught that one recently in Canfield, I always think if I could just get that streamer underneath that bank, sounds like what Borger's saying is, well, they zip their mouth shut. They're there for a reason. Counter to counter that. There's probably times when if you want to fish it right along the side, you might get them to come out. Yeah, and I think that may get into his third category. Yeah, I think what you're talking about is exactly right. So the sheltering lie is probably not the place where you're going to be catching a lot of fish, right? Yeah. For starters, you can't get your streamer there or your fly in that place. Exactly. Your nymph down there. Yep. So the second one, and this is good news, is the feeding lie. Uh, Trout, of course, need to eat, and that's what makes them catchable. Uh, They need protection from the currents in the river, yet they need those same currents to bring food. So they will often lie in slower current right at the edge of a faster-moving current, and that's what fly fishers refer to as a seam. It's You you can see it. You you go out and you look at a stream or a river, uh, you can see dividing lines between faster current and slower current, and that's often where... Uh, you can catch fish. Uh, Borger notes that the slow current behind a rock, this is to your point earlier, Dave. The pocket water. Yeah, that pocket water or some other obstruction is a great place for trout to feed. I think we talked about this. It's been a while. I don't know if it was in a podcast or an article, but when you get a rock, uh, you can catch fish behind the rock, sometimes in front of it, uh, sometimes at the side. It all kind of depends what's going on with the river, but... Uh, you know, that, that obstruction is just going to create some slower-moving water that's right there by the faster current. Yeah, for sure. And one of the easiest ways to spot a feeding lie is to look for the line of bubbles which meander down the current. Oh, yeah, that's that's yeah. such important advice. It's also called the food line. It's where the insects drift through the current, and the fish are looking for uh, a quick and easy meal. Yeah, that's so... That's so important. I, I think if, if new fly fishers would, yeah, you're trying to read a stream, where do you look for, where do you cast, where might the trout be? Well, uh, besides the obvious behind a rock, uh, look for the bubbles and, and fish, the, fish that food line, and you're going to catch fish if they're hitting. Uh, something else, too, when a hatch is on, trout may feed in places you don't expect to see them. So... Uh, maybe shallow water near the bank. Uh, I've I've seen that before on the Madison with the caddis hatch. Even the Yellowstone with the caddis hatch, they'll be in, uh, they'll be moving into slow water, and they don't stay there forever because again, they're uh, they could be more vulnerable to birds or or you know, other things that might attack them. But uh, watch that slower water near the bank, or sometimes even shallow riffles. Uh, those those can make a difference as well. I remember this spring when we were fishing on, I think it was the Blue River in, in west of Madison. Uh, one of the things I did is I was casting, or it's actually streamer fishing, 
and I I realized I what the streamer wasn't getting to the end of the pool before I started casting it. It would get like if you're looking down at the pool, mm-hmm. I was maybe fishing only three quarters of the way oh, down. So okay. I, I let out mm-hmm. some more line and got right to the end of where the pool was, and there was very shallow ripples there. And I started stripping it back, and I can't tell you how many fish I caught. Well, wow. I can't. It's probably three or four yeah. that hit it right away because they Man. were sitting in those shallow ripples. Wow. And I assume that if trout are really feeding aggressively, if they're going to be you know, constantly coming to the surface, then it really doesn't matter if they're doing that in a pool that's six feet deep or one that's... Uh, you know, nine inches deep because they're hanging out at the surface yeah. one way or the or other. Four inches deep, no. yeah, for I mean, sure. They may not do it for long. So we've talked then about uh, the sheltering lie, uh, the the feeding lie, which you want to find. But there's actually one more, Dave, that Gary talks about. This one's called the prime lie. And fly fishers, and we all have done this, where you hit the jackpot when we find one of these prime lies. And according to Borger, this is both a sheltering lie and a feeding lie rolled into one. And a classic example, of course, is an undercut bank, and the bank itself provides protection from birds of prey, yet the current brings the food close to the bank. So that's why trout will you know, dart out from a bank to take the hopper pattern or even a tiny dry fly. And I think that goes back to your previous point, doesn't it, that that uh, you, you may have a particular undercut bank, and, and maybe if there's enough uh, obstructions, okay, just you know, forget it, or, or don't try to get it under there too far. But, but you could have a trout that's, that's hanging out uh, under that protection but still is in feeding mode, and, and that's where if you get, a, you get a fly close to that bank, yeah, you're going to have success. We had that really... Well, two great days in the Minnesota Driftless this spring, and you spent so much time at that one run. What would you call that? Would that be a feeding lie or a prime lie? I think that would probably be a feeding lie, although it was so deep that it could be a prime lie because it's it's deep enough that that there was protection from birds. We saw birds flying around there, didn't we? Yeah, definitely. There was enough protection, but... Uh, yeah, when the hatches started to come off, I mean, the, the fish were right up near the, the surface. I think that would be a prime lie. That's a good point. Because there's that quiet water or that soft water yeah. that has foam on it, so there's yep. no foam line through it, but then the yep. current runs right against it. There's a seam on that backside. Yep. And I think Borger says that. Sometimes you'll find a prime lie in a deeper pool or, or in water under a foam patch. Huh. Yeah, that's a really good point. So, what about hopper run? Hopper run. That's probably a feeding lie, wouldn't you say? Yeah, maybe a prime lie because there's some big rocks that that provide some protection, and you've got some deep undercut banks right along the edge of that. You also have really deep current, so they yeah. can get out deeper, and mm-hmm. so they're not seen by birds of prey, like the eagles out there. Right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's probably also a prime lie. Yeah, it really is. Huh. Yeah, a, a feeding lie would definitely be maybe the, the shallower water or, or uh, yeah, I think anything that's shallow, anything that's, uh, uh, yeah, where you just sense, okay, they're, they're not protected here as much, but when they're hungry, this is where they're going to sit in the current out. and yeah. watch the food line, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So look for places which 
provide both cover and food. And if you've done that, then you've hit the jackpot, right? Yep, for sure. Good. So I guess the takeaway is that good fly fishers shouldn't tell lies. Or at least not too many not lies. Not too many, but they should be able to spot them. <laughs> All right? Well, it's time now for great stuff from our listeners. Here's a comment from Nina about our Two Guys in a River podcast turning four years old. Nina says, I'm glad you're still full of joy. Please keep the stories coming. <laughs> I recently binge listened while I was driving up to Gray Reef, Wyoming, for my first ever float trip. I caught up with the podcast, and the next day had my best day ever of fishing. Correlation equals cause. That's right. Must, <laughs> must be all our brilliant insight. Oh, my. Well, yeah. anyway, Nina says, drove home, and we picked up the new Labrador puppy. It just doesn't get much better than that. Thanks for the inspiration and education. Now, that comes uh, from me, because I love dogs, and you yeah. hate dogs. Can, I, I can't I imagine hate, something more fun. I do not hate dogs. You, you sound have like zero my affection for dogs. Oh, that is not true. I cannot imagine. There would be no more joy than having a great day of fly fishing, and on the way home, pick up a Labrador pup. That's just that, that, that is be, the pinnacle right that there. That does sound cool. But you have to, <laughs> but you have to remember. I don't, it's not cool. I don't it's like, joy-filled. I don't like coffee either. That's I know, true. I, I've got some really weird idiosyncrasies. So, yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, that's I, a great I, I, comment. Thank yeah, you so much. It, it really is. And we're, we're uh, I mean, we're honored that we can uh, you know, do a podcast that people you know, find enjoyable. And it, it is. It's, it's fun to think about fly fishing, then to do it, and then to... Pick up a puppy on the way home. Man, that sounds so cool. Dave, on the way the way here from, from here to lunch, let's get a puppy. Yeah, it's, let's do that. But you have to keep it and pay for it. <laughs> oh, my. All right. Our final segment today's podcast is Hook Set. We're going to set the proverbial hook with a quote. And today's quote comes from Charles Orvis. Yes, this is the uh, Orvis of the Orvis uh, uh, Company. Uh, it's from his 1883 book that he co-edited with A. Nelson Cheney, uh, Fl Fishing with the Fly, Sketches by Lovers of the Art. Uh, incidentally, I ordered a reprint from Amazon for less than 20 bucks. But towards the end of that book, he says, In conclusion, be patient and persevering. Move quietly, step lightly, keep as much out of sight of the fish as possible. And remember, trout are not feeding all the time. That is just pure wisdom. That right really there. is. That really is. That that last line, you know. So so in other words, you, you do everything right. You've got to. I, I think the whole point is you got to be stealthy, patient, persevere. You got to move quietly, step lightly, keep out of sight. But at the end of the day, remember, trout are not feeding all the time. Yeah, that's why they call yeah. it fishing. Yeah, and not yeah. catching. <clears throat> I know you might not to be use doing the old cliche. Oh, you're right. You might not be doing anything wrong. Uh, they are just not feeding. Well, that's all for today. Thanks again for listening. Uh, I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, uh, before we pick up a puppy, uh, we are <laughs> Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Fly fishing.